Savage. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. If you love to be able to put a wager on something that you are really passionate about, whether it's the NBA playoffs, whether it's Major League Baseball, whatever you're looking to do, go to DraftKings. They support us, so we want you to support them. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Basketball indeed is hood for sure because the NBA playoffs have been really, really interesting to watch. And as we record this on Thursday afternoon, the Phoenix Suns are the Western Conference champions. Not the Lakers with their injuries, not the Clippers with their injuries, not Utah with their issues, not uh, Denver, not some of the other teams. No, it's the Suns. A Suns team has been very good in the Western Conference for a while, and now they're the Western Conference champions. I, once again, will give Chris Paul and the Suns their flowers. It goes to show you this, right? No matter the online conversations you have about basketball or the barbershop conversations or just going back and forth with the homies regarding basketball, you know, the one thing for sure that will always resonate is the lead guard. The person that can be able to make others better. And you, your favorite player might be a forward. It might be a power forward. It might be a center. Uh, but there's nothing like the lead guard, the one guy that can get everything together. And we've been waiting for a long time for Chris Paul to be able to finally hit the mountaintop, at least in the conference. Uh, they have not won the championship yet, but they are the Western Conference champions. And I know it's very different because it doesn't involve a LeBron James. Uh, it doesn't involve some of the upper echelon, even not even Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but what we're seeing here is a basketball team here that's been together for a while here uh, this season. So nothing against Devin Booker at 22 points in the last game uh, against the Clippers. 22 points in 42 minutes of play. Jake Crowder has been a solid player for the Suns. And DeAndre Ayton has come into his own. He played a strong 40 minutes, had 16 points and 17 rebounds, uh, along with a couple of blocks. And Mikel Bridges, just a nice player uh, for the Suns. But I mentioned four guys, but the fifth guy I got to mention should have had more MVP consideration, and that is Chris Paul. There was scuttlebutt around sports radio wondering whether or not Cam Payne, Cameron Payne, a dude that was a cheerleader for the Chicago Bulls in the sidelines, a guy that was really not taken seriously enough as a basketball player, 
there is questions about whether or not campaign should have started over Chris Paul because Chris Paul two and two in this past series against the Clippers. And yet the you know campaign when he was starting the team was undefeated. That's not the point. Campaign really has shown up big for sure in the playoffs. He has seven points and seven assists in sixteen minutes against the Clippers in that last game. But Chris Paul, despite his issues shooting the basketball, and clearly not hundred percent, but well enough to be able to lead the Suns with forty one points in thirty five minutes. He had eight assists and four rebounds, and the Suns go on to victory. The way this team is set up with a big like DeAndre Ayton that could be able to do a lot of things from the foul line down, from Jay Crowder who can shoot the ball from the outside, rebounding the ball as well, and then Devin Booker who's been with the Suns for a while, right? I mean, we've seen Devin out here, but similar to the Bulls, you know, Devin Booker was the guy, but he needed someone that he could play along with in that backcourt. And to have a Hall of Famer in Chris Paul back there, healthy enough to be on the floor. And from the score of 41 points, it's great. It's great for Chris Paul. It's great for the Suns. As I've told you on this podcast many times, I'm a fan of Monty Williams, the head coach for the Suns, and I'm very happy for this basketball team. Uh, And those that are on basketball Twitter, and I've read it earlier today about, you know, the Suns are able to skip through and skip steps because of injury. Hey, that's really been the hallmark of the NBA this season, hasn't it? I mean, some of the biggest stars in the league have been out because of injury. They were rushed back. There's no doubt that Adam Silver and the Players Association decided to bring back players um, prematurely, but they need that Christmas money, right? The TV money that that comes on Christmas Day during a pandemic, those players are out there anyway, and there's been a lot of injuries. So it was not the same rhythm that the players are used to, and you can see across the board major injuries. And so this is why this has been very good. Now, here's the positive before we're going to hear from Chris Paul and others about what happened last night. Um... For those that look at the NBA and say the NBA has always got the same champions and not enough teams have an opportunity, well, the Suns have a grand opportunity as they wait for Atlanta and Milwaukee to end. There's going to be a a new era. It could be the Suns with plenty of rest now after after they won on Thursday, or it could be the Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. We'll see. Um, But for those that say too much Lakers, too much Celtics, too much... Uh, of the dynasties and those that look at the NBA like it should be the NFL where everyone wins a championship. You know, they have there are no dynasties hardly in the uh, NFL as far as teams winning multiple championships on a regular basis where it moves around from, you know, city to city. Um, for those that are in that camp, well, you get what you want because it could be the Suns, it could be the Bucks, or it could be Atlanta. Uh, and the Suns will be rested. I know Chris Paul and others want to have that. Devin Booker with a broken nose, I'm sure he wants that as well. So hats off to the Suns. Let me go to the other side of this, uh, and that is the Clippers. So let's talk about the Clippers here because I'm going to start right with Patrick Beverly, Chicago's own Patrick Beverly. You talk about a guy that was completely out of line, right? This is not the west side of Chicago. This is not uh, on the beach on 31st playing basketball. Uh, This is not IT, you know, with the doors closed or uh, some other place where you'd play basketball and play pickup games. 
what he was doing out there yesterday uh, was uh, really interesting uh, because here's the Clippers back against the wall. It's game six, and dude is pushing Chris Paul in his back. Whatever Chris Paul is an irritant. I know that. He's headstrong, and he says side shit uh, on the floor if you watch the games. Um, but he gets under the skin of the opposition. I understand that. I mean, that's who Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is not that friendly dude from the State Farm commercials. He's a he's a beast out there, verbally, uh, can be physically. He does flop. We've seen that in this series as well. So none of this stuff surprises me. But for Pat Beverly, for the hard foul, like that foul on Aiton, there was question marks whether that he got a piece of Aiton. He did hit him upside the head. But Patrick Beverly... Whether the Clippers going to win or lose, he's going to go all out. And he was uh, completely physical. If you didn't see the altercation, Chris Paul turns his back, walks a few steps, and Patrick Beverly pushes Paul in the back and knocks and pushes uh, Chris Paul down. It's like, wow, right? I mean, whatever it was, Patrick Beverly was not having anybody's shit yesterday. Uh, and, and I was surprised at that. Like, there's one thing to be aggressive. It's one thing to get in someone's face. But to do that, you don't do that, right? I heard Jeff Van Gundy's comments last night, too. Like, I don't say that Patrick Beverly is going to be out of the league or anything like that. But that was just completely out of hand. No matter what Chris Paul said, your team needs you because of how aggressive you are. Um and I didn't think that that was right. But from the Clippers' standpoint, they were with Kawhi Leonard. I think it's interesting that Kawhi Leonard uh, was not on the bench during this time that he's away. He was in like a, a suite. And I just, I mean, I know he can't play, but there's no support from Kawhi Leonard. And he'd just rather be up there with his family or friends, just chilling upstairs. I mean... Other injured players have sat on the bench or tried to point something out to teammates, whatever, because they're playing. They might not see what you see on the bench, and Kawhi Leonard decided to be upstairs, whatever. I, I don't know. Um, odd duck, I would say. Um, but Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns get the job done on the other side of what Paul George does for the Clippers, right? So the last game, Paul George had 41 minutes. He scored 21 points and nine rebounds. Now, I will take my hat off to Paul George. Uh, I didn't think that the Clippers could pull this off as far as him going to the finals this year. Uh, but Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, did the best job that he could. Uh, we hear the phrase like playoff P, that there's a different level. We saw a semblance, uh, you know, some of that. We saw some of that, but not a lot of that from Chris Paul. From I'm sorry, from Paul George. Uh, but George gave his all because look around him. He's got Reggie Jackson, who's a decent player. He'll secure a bag, I'm sure, of some sort this upcoming offseason. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Terrence Mann. And Terrence Mann, uh, that wore off quickly, right? Mann had a couple of nice games, and all of a sudden Terrence Mann showed up because you know he's not Kawhi Leonard for whatever, you know. He had five points. Marcus Morris Sr. had 26 points. He, he played tough, I thought, at times uh, in this series. And so I wonder about DeMarcus Cousins and his future as well. Like, he had 12 points, 14 minutes. He went from not being utilized to being able to hit some shots here and there. Batum, uh, Luke Kennard. But once again, if you're Steve Ballmer, crazy Steve Ballmer, all over the floor and just, like, you know, holding people's legs and 
all his demonstrative stuff that he does is craziness uh on the sidelines it, i'm sure that he's gotta be frustrated like man i bought this team and i just can't get over the hump the clippers just can't get over the hump you make the change doc rivers to ty Lue, and ty Lue is a terrific coach there's no doubt but it's it comes down to you have paul george and Kawhi leonard and Kawhi leonard is a microcosm of what we've seen what i just talked about with the injuries around the nba he couldn't play anymore and so now does he does Kawhi go someplace else? Does he run it back with the Clippers? I don't know. But I just remember that offseason not too long ago where it was Kawhi Leonard, you know, leaving Toronto, playing with the Clippers, and Paul George says, I don't want to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. Now I'm gonna play with Kawhi Leonard. Was that a one two punch that was memorable? Think about that for a second. Paul George, out of all of the super teams or team or guys teaming up to try to win a championship. What are your best memories of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on a regular basis with this Clippers team? Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's, it's not that memorable, and that's the whole issue. So you remember uh, Chris Paul was a former Clipper, and it was probably poetic for Chris Paul to be able to clinch the Western Conference Championship in Los Angeles. After the game, Chris Paul talked to uh, the... ESPN crew regarding what happened as the Suns get it done. Man, uh, I'm just so happy for all the people around me. You know what I mean? And to do it here in LA with the Clippers, this is my family too. I gave six hard years to the Clippers. We fought hard. A lot of these fans, Billy Crystal, that's my family. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So to do it here against a team that I got the utmost respect for, I'll always be a Clipper. I love these fans. You know what I mean? But this crew right here, this crew right here, this game right here, man, since day one, they opened me, they, they welcomed me with open arms. Coach, we did this 10 years ago in New Orleans, and we still got a lot of work to do, but we're going to enjoy this. And my family up top, I love y'all. Y'all see them right there? That's my game. Straight up, 16 years of this. 16 years, surgeries, hard work, losses, bad losses, but we're going to enjoy tonight. We're going to enjoy it. You've talked in this playoffs how a lot of people thought when you went to Oklahoma City, okay, well, he's just going to finish his career out that way without another bite at the apple of tasting something like this. Yeah, Rach, I'm going to tell you, I write something on my shoes every game. It's called, it say, Can't Give Up Now. Mary Mary got a song called Can't Give Up Now. I listened to it the day I got traded to OKC. That's yeah. why I write it on my shoes every game, straight up. Chris, I did want to ask you, though, about leaving the Thunder. OKC was good enough to give you some input into where you wanted to go next. What is it about these guys? What is it about these this team that you said, Phoenix, I want Phoenix? It was a lot of things. Willie Green, my brother, James Jones, we worked at the Union together. Coach Monty, I played for him already. But the big reason was the light-skinned guy right here, number one, Devin Booker. Amin El Hassan, my friend from Sirius XM NBA Radio and also part of Meadowlark Media, was on earlier today talking about Chris Paul. I, as I mentioned before, I think Chris Paul should have more MVP votes based on what the Suns did, uh, because without Chris Paul, I'm not sure the Suns are celebrating with Rachel Nichols 
and winning the Western Conference Championship. So some thoughts here from Amin about Chris Paul, everything he's done, and now the culmination comes to this, Western Conference champion. It's ridiculous that Chris Paul had to do this to get recognized. It's ridiculous. Yeah, of course. Like this, this is the blueprint for every young point guard, how to play point guard. Like, how to play point guard. When we look at guys, and this is no knock on the Damian Lillards, the Steph Currys, all the other great point guards we have in this league. We're, we're in a golden age at that position. Kyrie Irving and, uh, and you know, James Harden, if you want to call him a point guard, et cetera, et cetera. But when you talk about the textbook definition of what a point guard is supposed to be, an extension of the coach on the floor, a, uh, a time manager, a person who makes everybody better, a, someone who, who is a... Uh, aware of situation, of how many fouls everybody uh, has, right? What the team foul situation is, what the, where the clock is at, what's the score, what do we need? Do we need a two for one? Like the IQ and the game management, and then at the same time, not being a passive kind of bystander, but someone who's controlling tempo and pace. And finding his own offense within that. Chris Paul is is the epitome of that. He's the best in the league at being a point guard. Even if he's not the best player who plays the point guard position, if that makes sense to you guys, right? There's a difference between being the best point guard versus being the best player at the point guard position. Because I think, for instance, Steph Curry plays point guard, but I, I think he's way more talented than Chris Paul. But I don't think... His mastery of being a point guard in the purest form uh, is as high as Chris Paul's is. Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins were on the jump along with Rachel Nichols talking about the significance of Chris Paul getting to the Western Conference Finals. It, it was everything. It was everything. You know why? Here's why. Because it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And the fashion that he did it in, I'm going back all the way to the start of this offseason. When he was with the Thunder, right? He had a choice. I'm pretty sure him and Sam Presti sat down. He could have negotiated a bow. He could have went joined the team like the Lakers or anybody else that were favored as a contender to go and try to chase a ring. No, he didn't shortcut it. He went to the Phoenix Suns where they had young a young core, where they drafted players, and he went got it in the trenches. He went got it out the mud. He didn't shortcut the grind. This is why I appreciate this so much more than any other run by any other superstar because he didn't run. He said, I'm going to go down here with money. I'm going to embrace these young up-and-coming stars and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I see they have some nice role pieces, and I'm going to be the leader. And this is why you have to appreciate Chris Paul because of what he did and how he did it. Devin Booker, who was with the Suns when they were a losing team and a team in the lottery, and now they're in the Western Conference. Uh, they've won the Western Conference Championship on their way to the finals. Uh, just a long time coming. You know, that's what I said to Jay Gaspar, equipment manager. He's the only one in the organization that's been here longer than me. You know, he's going on year 30, so he was here and Julie. So Julie's been here also. Um, but it's been a long time coming. We've seen, the, we've seen the bottom, the bottom of the bottom for multiple years. And um, just keeping my head down, you know, waiting on this moment right here. And Monty coming in, building the culture, you know, him leaving us with the 
preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, that, that was these moments right here. And we took it and we ran with it. Um, but we still have work to do. I mean, this is, this is nice and all, but, you know, we're going for Larry for sure. Devin Booker and the Suns are going to the finals. Can you believe that? It'll be against Atlanta or Milwaukee as they wait for that series. Don't forget, you can always go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. That is the site that takes care of us, so we want you to take care of them. Go there. Download the app DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. They've got great Great opportunities for you if you are into DraftKings as far as odd boosts for the NBA playoffs as well as Major League Baseball. Check it out. Again, DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. So the last thing I want to talk about here, and we'll get more into Atlanta and Milwaukee in future episodes. Also, the NBA draft is right around the corner. So we got plenty to talk about in the month of July. But I want to talk a little bit about Scottie Pippen here at the end of our podcast because... I want to put in perspective some things about Scottie Pippen, right? So you've heard the comments that he's made on various shows like, you know, the Dan Patrick show. He's been on the Dan Libertard show. He's made the rounds trying to sell his new book and his new bourbon. He's got a new bourbon out. He's had a, had a party last week uh, in Chicago with former players and a select few for party supporting and trying to promote his bourbon. And again, he's got a book out talking about his career. So on the front end, I will tell you that I've always been a fan of Scottie Pippen. Growing up as a Chicago Bulls fan, how could you not be a fan of Pippen, right? Looking at what Pippen brought to the table along with Michael Jordan, uh, one of the greatest one-two punches in the NBA. People talk about Kobe and Shaq, and they talk about others that were great as far as the one-two punch, Magic and uh, and, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it goes on and on. But it's great debate. But for me, for my view, Michael and Scotty were great together as a one-two punch. But you've heard Scotty Pippen over the years, not just what we're hearing now on the Dan Patrick show, but even the Last Dance documentary and other places, Scotty's always had this bitterness. And I don't know if it's 100% jealousy, I don't know what it is, but from my seat, he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen play, especially on the defensive end, and also a terrific offensive player. But because Michael Jordan gets so much acclaim, it's almost like Scotty feels like he's taking a back, back seat. And I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't think that he's taking a back seat. He was part of that championship team as well. He was also great. And I don't understand why he feels that he's getting the short shrift. He's not. When we talk about Michael and Scotty, that's a one-two combination. But Scotty Pippen, even going back to the documentary, Scotty makes it seem like that he should have been first. Like, he should have been able to get top billing, top acclaim. Well, Michael Jordan worked very hard to be able to be part of a team and bring a team together that wasn't very good when he first got here. The cocaine traveling circus is what he called it. And I remember as a kid what the Bulls were before Pippen got here. And so it was all part of how a team was able to come together. It wasn't just Michael, it was others. It is true that Michael Jordan did not win a championship without Scottie Pippen, but vice versa as well. Also vice versa. They both needed each other. And they also needed a team to be able to accomplish their goals of winning the championship. 
But I want to put in perspective something about the way the NBA started to turn when we started to have uh, Tony Kukoc here, right? So I remember Detlef Shrimp and Yao Ming and Dikembe Mutombo and Paul Gasol and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki. There was international flavor that was put into the NBA because they brought a different dynamic to the table. Uh, the league is 80% black. It was around that time, at that time as well, about 80, 81% black at that time. And I think that there are some owners and some general managers that looked at it and said, well, we have to kind of have something different in the locker room besides just the same players. Let's bring in European players that will be, will probably conform quicker, I would say. And also those players happen, just happen to love to play in the NBA. International players that played overseas now come into the NBA, it would be a completely different, of course, a different dynamic to have Dirk Nowitzki and Pau Gasol or Pedro Stojakovic or Detlef Shrimp or Yao Ming. All those players, right? It was a different dynamic. Tony Kukoc was part of that different dynamic as well. Uh, you saw a lot of these players in the Olympics, not before they even came to the NBA in the 90s. And all of a sudden, you start seeing a sprinkling of these international players. Listen, let's be honest. The NBA, being as, bla as black as it is as far as the players, but again, 80%, you know, the European players pushed out a lot of the white players in the NBA. There used to be a, a decent balance in the NBA, and and I'm looking at it just from that standpoint, that international players all of a sudden start pushing out others, white players in the NBA. And so, actually, it's not it wasn't a bad thing. It actually improved the league when you had now everybody under the same tent, black players, white players, international players. It was good because now you get a, a cross-section of everybody. It was kind of like the Olympics all was in the same league where you got everybody playing under the same tent. And I think that that was cool. And so now all of a sudden you see, okay, this is the way he puts the ball on the floor is different. Okay, the way he shoots the basketball at seven foot like Dirk Nowitzki changed the game. <laughs> it was good for the league, right? Because it was something different. The league was very, it was very same. It was very much the same. You know, guards did their things, centers did their things. But all of a sudden now, now you get someone that's 6'9", 6'10", that can put the ball on the floor and do a lot of things and, and be able to get to the basket. That was good for the league. So now everybody gets a chance to play. International players, white players, black players. And now you get the best of the best, not just in the United States, but from around the world. I thought that was very cool. In today's basketball, you get Giannis and you get Luka and Joel Embiid and uh, Jokic and Pascal Siakam, Fusevich now on the Bulls, I mean, it, it, Gallinari, uh, Andrew Wiggins is a Canadian, uh, Ricky Rubio from Spain, Dennis Schroeder from Germany. I mean, so so for, during that time that Kukoc played in the played overseas, comes to the Bulls. Okay, so now he's dropped in on the Bulls. Now, if you remember the documentary that the um, that the Last Dance was in, you could see that. Michael Jordan and the uh, United States Olympians were trying to smash Kukoc. They were trying to push him to the side, right? It's like, oh, God, here comes this guy, right? Jerry Krause, the late Jerry Krause, really liked Tony Kukoc because he was part of that international flavor. Now, Kukoc now is going to be in the Hall of Fame here right around the corner. My point is is that Kukoc was just along with those other players that I mentioned, that was, and it made it better for the game. For Kukoc to be on the Bulls was not a bad thing. It was a good thing. 
because it was time for some new flavor on the team. Jordan's already great. Pippen's already great. But when you know you're a good organization, where you could have new talent that's on your team to make a difference. So Scotty feels like he should have took the last shot, right? I think that's funny. Because Scotty has taken plenty of big shots when he's with the Bulls. But at one occurrence, when he didn't get his ass off the bench, 1.8 seconds, right? 1.9, whatever it was. And he sat there on the bench and Bill Cartwright said, you got to get up. You've got to get up. And he wouldn't do it because the play was called for Tony Kukoc. He felt that Phil Jackson was being racist. Now, I don't know Phil Jackson to be racist. I don't know Phil Jackson at all. I would just ask other players beside Scotty, was that your experience? As a matter of fact, on Friday morning show, as we record this on the 2nd of July, I'll have Stacey King on the program, the three-time NBA champion, color answer for the Bulls. And I'll ask him, what was his experience with Phil? I would say that Scotty feels like Phil should have put the ball in his hands. He felt that when Jordan was playing baseball, that all the shots should have went to Scotty. And for whatever reason, that one, that one particular situation, the ball did not go to Scottie Pippen. It was going to Kukoc. And my whole thought on that is, is that a lot of the players, I'm sure, on the opposition didn't think that Kukoc would take the last shot. And that's why he was a perfect decoy. Like, with Scotty inbounding it, I'm sure the opposition, the other team was like, well, who's going to get the ball here with two seconds left? Who's going to get the ball? It was Tony Kukoc. And if you go to Reed Jack on... Twitter, Jack Silverstein, who is a great journalist, he was able to put video on his Twitter and show like two or three different times where the Bulls went to Tony Kukoc uh, for the game-winning shot. The Reggie Miller play at the old Chicago Stadium, he bows to the crowd in the middle of the uh, Chicago Stadium crowd, and the Bulls win the game because of Kukoc's last-minute shot. So uh, well, Reggie thought he won the game. Actually, Kukoc won the game. There's another thing in Milwaukee where he wins the game. Yeah, it doesn't say that Tony Kukoc was great. What it says is, is that there are multiple options for the Bulls. If I'm on the team, I'm only speaking for me, if I'm on the team and I'm the number one guy, if, I, if the ball's not in my hands, i got to put the ball in the hands of someone that's going to make the shot. Because if... The other person doesn't make the shot, and it should go to me. Now I've had a complaint. But Kukoc was making those shots, right? That's how I look at it. And Scotty, 27 years later, feels like when Michael was gone, he should have been able to have, make all the shots. And, I, and my thought is is that, that just, that's not basketball. Everybody doesn't. All the stars don't make all the shots. But Scotty felt like he was uh, put aside by Phil Jackson and felt like, Hey man, I should be making these shots. And it was not the case. I don't think personally that Phil Jackson was racist in that situation. I do feel that international flavor reigned supreme during the 90s. All of a sudden, the sprinkling of, of superstars internationally started coming across the NBA. Kukoc is part of it. And I ran down the list early of, the, of those that made a difference in the league. But the idea that Tony Kukoc is ever going to be the leader of this team, maybe that was Krause's thought all along. Like, when I get this, you know, Michael and Scotty and these guys that made fun of me on the plane over and over again, I'm going to make Kukoc a star. Well, that was never going to happen. Tony was never going to be Dirk Nowitzki. Hell, he was never going to be Pedro Stojakovic. But he was never going to be the star of the team. So the racist part of it, I don't agree with. What I agree with is, is that 
that Scotty needed to be able to understand. And I think he understood at the time as a player. But 27 years later, he feels like Phil was racist because he didn't get the get the ball. He got the ball plenty of times. Uh, Phil, I mean, he was the leader of the team offensively when Michael wasn't there. And he feels like there's this big shadow. And I just think that he's setting it. He's setting a blaze. Uh, um, his t- old team, his old coach, to sell booze and books. If he is that bitter, if he is that upset about it, then where was this 27 years ago? He thinks about all this in hindsight. I just think that's weird. That's all. And and it's funny because the calls that uh, David Kaplan and I have had on our morning show on ESPN 1000 has been, and I've heard the brothers calling in saying, hey, you know, you know, it, this is his point of view. He has a right to his point of view, or maybe Phil was racist. Stop. Stop. If this is your new idea, you're going to... Here's the thing. I've been doing radio for a long time. I was doing radio during the Bulls championship years and doing uh, doing talk shows. No one called in and said that Phil was racist for allowing Tony Kukoc to make all those shots. Now, Scotty says it, and now you believe what Scotty's saying? Come on now. Come on. Look where the money is. The money is in that book, and it's also in that booze. Now, not to say that Phil Jackson hasn't had controversial moments, uh, you can go to look it up yourself, page 2, ESPN.com, Scoop Jackson. Read that column. I'm going to have Scoop on here next week, and we're going to talk about this um, and talk about his column on how tone deaf and how insensitive Phil was at times during his tenure as a coach. We'll talk about it because I want him to review that column with me. Um, nonetheless, here's what it comes down to. It comes down to what Sky is trying to sell. Now, again, if he looks back at it in hindsight and says, oh, you know, I thought that was racist. Okay. But what about those other times? Was it racist other times when you had an opportunity to shoot the basketball? Opportunity to win games? Stop. Stop. And and it, to me, you're just burning down a legacy in which you're great, but you're not happy with your own greatness. It's a Kevin Durant theory where it's like, Kevin, you're great. Why are you concerned what anyone else says? Why do you feel like you got to torch down the village, burn down the village based on what others say? Scotty is great. Scotty has to realize his own greatness. And if he feels like he's not as great because Michael got all the shine or because Michael had a, like a, a film crew filming and documenting everything that he was doing when he was a player and felt like Scotty didn't get the, the... Well, that's too bad. You can't rewrite history. You can't do it. You can't just say Michael was selfish for playing baseball and Phil Jackson's racist and this player sucks and, you know, calling out all. Why? There, you can't do revisionist history. And if you do, people will cast aspersions on you like, are you bitter? What's your problem? Right. What's your problem? And, and so uh, I look forward to talking to Stacy about it. And again, Scoop Jackson later on in a future episode. But my stance on it is, is that Tony Kukoc was part of woven in the fabric of owners and GMs that want to have international flavor on their team because they want to have something different on the floor. And I guess, again, the league's better for it. But the idea that Tony Kukoc was taking over or was taking the shots over Scottie Pippen, well, I mean, it's a team. Everyone should have the opportunity that can to be able to help a team win. Is it about you scoring points or is it about the team winning? Which more important? 
Don't forget to catch David Kaplan and yours truly 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000. Also on the ESPN Chicago app. We're also on 100.3 HD2 FM in Chicago. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, thanks so much for downloading the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. I hope you have a safe 4th of July. I won't forget you next week. Next week, we'll be talking about the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Next week, we'll be talking and getting closer to the NBA draft. I will reach out to Scoop Jackson and get his thoughts about that page two column that he wrote about Phil Jackson because we're not done with that story also and so much more. I'm Jonathan Hood, and basketball is Hood. Enjoy your holiday. Reach out to me at TweetJHood. I'd love to get your feedback on what we've been talking about here regarding the uh, NBA Finals as well as Scottie Pippen. As always, thanks so much for listening. We're brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.